This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealou, Paul Calvisi, and three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch. So all wins are good, but not all wins are created equal. First wins just stand out a bit more. Unless, of course, your head coach, Jonathan Gannon, who, despite many text messages from family and friends, quote, just found out how big of a deal win number one is. Not sure I'm buying it, but we are here on a Tuesday following the first win of the season. 28-16 to Cardinals beat the Cowboys at State Farm Stadium. And yes, Kyle, it felt good. It still feels good. And I hope JG is able to enjoy it, if not for just a brief moment, either late Sunday or early Monday. No, you're right. I mean, not all wins are equal. It definitely feels great to get your first um, going against a team like the Dallas Cowboys who are uh, coming into this game or the media darling um, nationwide. Everybody, um, or not everybody, but most people had them either one or two um, in their power rankings, a, a defense that had dominated through two games and put up gaudy numbers and looked like they could do it against just about anybody to go out there and execute, move the ball against them. Um, you know, it was it was impressive. You know, to me, um, it, it, you know, it was it was great that it was the Cowboys. It was great that we got a win at home in front of our in front of our home fans. I mean, all these things were great. Um, you know, the only thing better than watching the Cowboy fans walk up the stairs at the end of the game with their heads hung low was watching Paulie get lit up on the sidelines. That was that was my favorite part of the game. Somebody had to say Rondell Moore from the kicking net. I mean, come on. Someone had to be in there. Sideline reporter strong, Calvisi, Paulie Pencilneck is, well, okay, I couldn't get out of the way in time. It was, I mean, you're the kicking nets behind me, and then you got the team docs to my left. In hindsight, next time, I'm just going to truck a team doc to get you, out of the way. You crumpled like tissue paper. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to hype it up. I saw it. Thank goodness I didn't go down, though. I Look, he might have driven me back off the ball a good 12, 15 yards, okay? Uh, but, but one, I didn't go down, so hopefully it doesn't go viral. Number two, thank goodness it, he's a sports car with good braking because it would have been like Jeff Swaim or James Conner or someone. I'd still be in the blue medical tent. Let's take you behind the scenes here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. It is a picture on Kyle Vandenbosch's phone that he has blown up of said Paul KLVC getting truck stomped by Rondell Moore that I think we can turn this into a viral moment, That's Kyle. Right. No, no, it won't be viral because it's not going to leave his phone. Uh, Capiche? Okay, we need an understanding here. And if we don't have an understanding, there might be monetary compensation I, to make sure it. I had to save phone. it. I had yeah. to save it because I've had dreams that yeah. were very similar yeah. to that right. situation. Right. Look, Ameri- <laughs> speaking of dreams, okay, 
America's Game of the Week because it ended up being nationally televised in that window. I yes. guess because the Kansas City game was so out of hand against Chicago. America's Game of the Week ended up being a nightmare for America's team, did it not? As I segue back to the game. 28-16 Cardinals led wire to wire. They had an early lead and a lead that they did not allow to disappear, unlike the first two games of the regular season. Head coach Jonathan Gannon on beating the Cowboys. They fought and they played hard, and it's what we've been doing for two weeks. I told them right there that the difference of the game was we didn't beat ourselves and we made some plays. You know, execution was was good there. Um, obviously, a lot of things to clean up, but some guys stepped up, made some big time plays, but we didn't beat ourselves and we made the plays that we needed to make. Scoring on every possession in the first half, answering a Cowboys score late in the second half, Paul. Everything that the Cardinals had done in the first two games up until the fourth quarter and those final 15 minutes on Sunday, the Cardinals flipped the script and got that first W. Including a little bit of a run to make it a 21-13 game by Dallas. And yeah, maybe there was the bunch factor at one point in that game and everyone's starting to grip a little bit. But this is a team that had a message sent at halftime. Jonathan Gannon confirmed as much on Monday that there will be no letting your foot off the gas, so there will be no relaxing, all of what we heard after the loss against the Giants. And guess what? They never trailed in this game, and they were able to finish. And the good teams win the close games because the majority of the games, everybody now in the NFL, are close games. So, And look, I can tell you this much. Jonathan Gannon did have one moment to himself. It was after the pick by Kaiser White to seal it. There was a big old fist pump by the head coach and a smile. Now, he didn't let us in on that after the game, and I tried. I swung and missed. There's no, no doubt in the postgame radio. He let us in a little bit on his weekly TV show. He'll get in. But, you know, I think he's trying to put out there, this is the expectation. This isn't some sort of monumental happening, getting a win. This is one of many. And so, yeah, there was euphoria, rightfully so, but not from the head coach. I think he's trying to set that standard, expect results. And I get that, but from a player perspective, Kyle, you're taught, you're coached every single day is the same message, and it's the same manner, yet if you're not winning, there is no end result that says, okay, what we're doing here is working. That's why I do believe that that first win, validation, however you want to describe it, it means something, again, to Paul's point, yeah, maybe not so much to the head coach, but at least it sends a message to the players do what we're telling you to do. This is how we want things done. And the results of a 12-point win, not just a win, but a 12-point win over arguably one of the better teams in the league is possible. You're exactly right. And that's what I said going into this game. Like They're doing good things. They're playing inspired football. They're playing a physical brand of football on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, through stretches, um, you know, particularly early on in the first two games, looked like a really good, well-coached team. But if you don't get that payoff at some point in the season, players start to look around like, yeah, this is, you know, we, we can see improvement. We can see that we're doing good things. But ultimately, in this league, you're measured by your wins and losses, not on moral victories, not on progress. So um, to, to you know, we've seen it. We, we've been impressed with the play through the first two games. But to go out there and put four quarters of football together and to be able to put that final nail in the coffin of the Dallas Cowboys late in that game. You know, through the, the first two games, it was just we just needed one player to step up and make one play. And 
it, it happened from several players in this game and the Hollywood Brown touchdown at the end and the interception that sealed it. Um, you know, those were the plays that we were looking for in the first two games that, that just weren't there. And the, the fact that they went out and they finished. And, and to me, again, you know, I, this is one of my favorite parts of the game is when you get into a four minute drill, um, they know you're going to run. You know you're going to run. The fans in the stadium know you're going to run, and they can't stop it. When you convert twice and, and you're able to just end the game in victory formation, there's nothing better than that when you beat them up for the majority of four quarters and then you finish it with that four-minute drive at the end. I thought that was a great exclamation point to the way they played the entire game. Now, no one outside of this building expected, predicted a Cardinals win on Sunday. Kaiser White, post game on what the Cardinals were able to accomplish. We let uh, two close games slip. You know, we know what we're capable of. Um, you know, all the outside noise, number one pick, all that. You know, we trying to tank. Man, if you just see how we operate on a day-to-day basis. So I just feel so good, man. You know, coming here, uh, beat a good Cowboys team. JG get his first win. Monty get his first win. Feel great. That was in the locker room after the game, and I posed basically the same question to Jonathan Gannon, you know, about no one picked the Cardinals, and he, he interrupted and said, good. You know, he enjoyed that. And look, we didn't predict a win, but guys, on the pregame show, did we not break down the factors that could easily lead to a win, how it was possible, plausible, feasible? We said, look, what if Josh Dobbs improves, even like he did the first two games? Guess what? He improved by the exact same incremental passer rating margin, 20 points, from week one to week two, then week two to week three. We said, what if the Cardinals get off to a fast start and take a lead? Dallas had not been there and done that. They hadn't faced any adversity. How were they going to react? Cardinals got off to that lead. Dak Prescott, NFL interception leader the year before, had yet to throw an interception in 2023. Tick tock. Sure enough, that was the fateful game ceiling pick. Dallas struggled in the red zone against the Jets. We cited that in the pregame show. Guess what? They went one for five against the Cardinals. What happens if you take away C.D. Lamb? You go all Belichick. Make sure their top weapon doesn't beat you. Cardinals did that. And then we said, hey, Dallas had issues on the O-line, missing three starters who didn't play in that game. And if you attack the Dallas defense and you go right at Micah Parsons, okay, how's he going to react? Cardinals checked every one of those boxes and got the win. A little adversity. How would the Cowboys handle that first time trailing all season long? And again, it happened early. It was 9-3 to at the end of the first quarter, 21-10 to at halftime. But it was important for the Cardinals to finish this one off. Going into the fourth quarter with the lead for the third straight week, had not scored a touchdown or any points in the fourth quarter. Yet that final drive, Joshua Dobbs to Hollywood Brown, a quick four-play, 76-yard touchdown drive made it 28 to 16 the final points on the board here is QB1 after the game really great fight by the team uh, great finish you know we talked about last week like what can we improve on you know played a really good three quarters but we need to finish and we played a really good football team out there but we did a great job finishing in the fourth quarter on both sides of the ball um, so yeah it was a great win it feels great and now just look for room for improvement pushing forward now, I'm not sure how many have had a chance to see it yet. It was posted late last night, but Dobbs was mic'd up. He was wired for the Arizona Cardinals. It's up on the Arizona Cardinals YouTube page, and there is a clip in that six-plus-minute video in which Dobbs walks over to a group of defensive players and says, I need one more stop. Quote, we'll go end it. And what happened? Defense got a stop. Cowboys kicked a field goal. And then that ensuing drive, the Hollywood Brown touchdown, 
Cardinals walk off the field, Paul, with a 28-16 to win. You can see his comfort level, obviously, in his play and the stats, all that on the field, but you see it on the sideline, too. He works the entire sideline, and that was a great clip. You can't hear what's being said during game. You can see it, so it's always interesting, even for yours truly, to actually hear what was said. But he doesn't hesitate to go up to the weapons, the you know the skill guys, to go over to the offensive lineman a lot, and now he's getting to the point where he's going to the defensive side of the sideline, and I... Kyle, you tell me. He's earning all the defenders' respect because the last thing we cited that the Cardinals really could look to do more against Dallas was run Josh Dobbs more. And sure enough, he was very effective in in that capacity. And you know how J.G., he's a quiet fan of the dual-threat quarterback. If you really listen to what he says in those press conferences, he really values. You start to see now why they traded for him and elected to move away from Colt McCoy who was one-dimensional, obviously. Yeah, in this game, what you're looking for in a quarterback for any franchise, um, he checks every single box. I mean, he showed poise. He showed accuracy. He was decisive about where to go with the ball. um, Showed toughness once again. Shows athleticism. um, His ability to throw on the move. Um, You know, I I just saw a stat. His passer rating on 11 play-action passes was 140. And you know, that's on him. That's on the scheme. The The fact that they could run at will, that sets up your play action. I mean, it, it's what we've been looking for. You And, you know, it, it sounds good when a head coach comes in and says, this is how our offense is going to be built. This is what we're going to do. We're going to run the ball. We're going to, um, you know, run it vertically. And then we're going to set up the play action and take shots. Is this not exactly what Jonathan Gannon said in his introductory press conference? And to Paulie's point, like we talked about the things the Cardinals needed to do to have a chance to win this game, and they did all of those things. But that's the same game plan all 17 teams that are going to play the Dallas Cowboys are going to have. Look, you've got to block Micah Parsons. You've got to deal with him. You've got to stop CeeDee Lamb. Everybody says that. Nobody can do it. And not only was it great scheming, and you know, there's a couple of segments throughout this game where both offensive and defensively the play calling um, was just fantastic and they did different things and gave them different looks and confused them but to have the players buy in and study it and go out there and execute it that's a whole nother story because I think everybody faces the Dallas Cowboys are like look we need to put the ball in Dak Prescott's hands we need to stop CeeDee Lamb we need to stop Michael Parsons but the Cardinals went out there and did it and even though we talked about it pregame and it sounds simple when you break it down it's nearly impossible to do what they did against elite players like that uh, that they did on Sunday. Cardinals also did not turn the ball over. They stayed away from third and long, which had been a major problem through the first two games. 11 times in the first two weeks, third and 10 or more. Just once on Sunday that the Cardinals face a third down and that situation before them. Not successful, but again, able to stay on the field for the most part and walk off that field with a 28-16 win over the Dallas Cowboys. Cardinal fans, single-game tickets on sale now. Go to azcardinals.com forward slash buy tickets to secure your seats today. More on what the Cardinals were able to accomplish specifically on offense, running the football, running right at Micah Parsons and moving up and down the field against what was the league's number one defense. That's all straight ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Connor running right inside the five, and Connor's in for the touchdown. That is some dirty good football right there. 
snap to Dobbs, gonna hand it off to Moore. Big hole up the middle, 40, 35, 30, 20, far side, 10, more to the house. Touchdown Cardinals, a 45-yard run. If you climb in the saddle, be ready for the ride. Play action, Dobbs moving to his left, looking downfield. Oh my goodness, wide open, far side, Wilson caught at the 40, 35, 30, far side, 25, 20, 15, 10, Wilson tackled inside the 10, but what a call by Drew Petzing. The Cowboys were totally fooled. They lost Mike Wilson. Pop goes the weasel. Snap to Dobbs, play action pass, backing up, throws right side into the end zone, and it's caught by Hollywood Brown for a touchdown. Dobbs backpedaling, sprinting backward, still had enough mustard on that ball to find Marquise Brown for a huge score. Some perspective on what the Cardinals accomplished on Sunday. The Cowboys, through the first two games, had allowed 10 points. Cardinals scored nearly three times that much on Sunday. Cowboys had also allowed only two scoring drives. Cardinals had six, including all five in the first half. Added all up, Cardinals beat the Cowboys 28-16. As we talk about it here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Craig Rialu, Paul Calvisi, and Kyle Vandenbosch. Some great throws by Josh Dobbs, but it was the running game for me, Kyle, that really kind of stood out. Yeah, 222 yards will do that, but the way this team ran, it wasn't just James Conner. We saw Rondell Moore. We saw Josh Dobbs run the football a lot to the tune, again, of over 200 yards on the ground. Yeah, again, um, look, I can't say enough about the job Drew Petzing's doing with this offense and, and his play calling and the sequencing. Like, uh, you know, that run to Dobbs, it's, it's, that's a high school play. It's a zone read. But teams don't run in the NFL because they don't want their quarterbacks out on the perimeter and, and in space taking big hits. And, um, you know, to start the game that way it was huge to get that big run. And then, um, it, you know, so the Rondell Moore run – you know, it's it's straight up the gut. Like, he shouldn't have that type of lane. But if you watch, again, Drew Petzing sets everything up and sees how they react to a play and then calls the right play after it. The play before Rondell Moore was lined up at running back, uh, he flared out, threw a pass to him, which you, you would expect from Rondell Moore in the backfield. You have Van Der Esch trying to cover him, and that's a mismatch, a big mismatch speed-wise, and he picked up seven yards. So the next play, they're in shotgun and he's offset. Van Der Esch is really wide off to his side because he's expecting Rondell Moore to, again, run a swing route and get some yardage up the sideline. And he's got to, he can't get out leveraged again, back-to-back plays. And because he was so far outside of the box on an inside handoff, he couldn't get there on the handoff. And it was a wide-open lane in the middle. Just the way that he's setting plays up and, and anticipating and taking, you know, again, I go back to some of the introductory press conferences with Jonathan Gannon and Drew Petzing. Um, you know, a big part of scheming is matchups. And you're, you're getting a slow linebacker, a physical box linebacker, on one of the fastest players in the NFL. And he, it, it, to compensate, he had to adjust his alignment to try to cover Rondell Moore coming out of the backfield and it opened up a huge run lane. So, um, you know, the creativity, the use of different backs. I mean, you're expecting when James Conner goes off the field, it's probably pass, right? Conner's our runner. He's the, he's the bell cow. He's the one that's getting all these physical yardage up the middle. But they, they, you know, use different running backs, use different formations um, out of different sets. And um, it was really impressive. And, 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 you know, before I 
move on, I want to give credit to the offensive line. I thought they did a great job against a very disruptive front. And I'm not just talking about Micah Parsons. Like, across the board, they got playmakers that can wreck games, and, and none of them did. They looked like good players. They didn't look like the players they had been in the first two weeks of the season. Got our Angry Bird Award earlier today, by the way. The coveted Week 3 Angry Bird Award on Twitter. Yeah, Paul Calvice. Now, look, Rondale Moore, let's talk about him because he was quiet the first two games, right? And you're like, all right, how do you utilize this guy's skill set? And then he rips a 45-yard touchdown run off, and you see the speed. You see him leave the entire defense behind. What had we been talking about? All us media penciling like, oh, geez, maybe the Cardinals need a speed running back. They don't have that speed guy. Hey, maybe it's Rondale Moore. I don't know going forward. That looked pretty good. Maybe there's more of that. And, and to Kyle's point, later in the game, after he ripped off the 45-yard touchdown run, they brought him back into the backfield, and they used him as a decoy, and James Conner ripped one for 26 yards. And that's because a lot of the defense, their eyes were going with number four, and then here comes James Conner, and he's ripping it, cramming it vertical, getting to the second level instantly because all of a sudden they were so aware of the speed of Rondale Moore in the backfield again. A very creative game plan for the Cardinals, led by Drew Petzing as the offensive coordinator. Of course, Joshua Dobbs is the one that's got to lead all of that. And what we're seeing from Dobbs now over these first three games is marked improvement. Paul, you brought it up as far as the QB rating is concerned. But the efficiency that Dobbs is playing at. No, he's not throwing for a lot of yards, but he's completing 72% of his pass attempts. And again, he has not thrown an interception. A couple of fumbles early in the season, but otherwise he has played a very clean game. The head coach, Jonathan Gannon, on what he's seen out of QB1. I, mean, I think he's played winning football for since he's been here. But, uh, yeah, I think you guys will continue to see his improvement as he gets more and more comfortable. But, I mean, you could ask him. He's pretty comfortable right now. He's making a bunch of plays for us. He's got good command in the huddle. He's doing a good job. And now he'll get a, another start all week a week ago was, okay, he's getting a third straight start. Now it's four in a row, and reps are important, Kyle, because just how good of this would of this offense had been if Dodds had been here earlier in the offseason. But now with another week of practice, and no, he and Zach Ertz haven't connected on that deep ball yet. They are very, very close. But you're seeing more confidence not only out of Dobbs, but I think his players, the players, his teammates, trust him now as well yeah you know contrary to what we all expected they're winning because of Joshua Dobbs not in spite of they're not having to come up with a game plan because they have some sort of deficiency at the quarterback position like I mean to Paul's point I don't ever remember seeing a quarterback make as much progress from week one to week two as we saw and then to make that same type of progress from week two to week three against what everybody thought was a shutdown, lockdown defense, and they thought that he was going to be a liability in this game, he was an asset. And he made all the throws. He made all the reads. Um, he's got full command of what they're asking him to do. And this isn't, a, you know, this isn't a basic offense. They're doing some complicated concepts, some complicated route combinations, some, some reads that he has to, you know, when he's pulling that ball out, um, you know, watching it, Micah Parsons was trying to tackle both the running back and the quarterback. So um, he made the exact right read and left Micah Parsons in the dust. They were trying to take advantage of his aggressiveness early in the ball game, And, um, you know, it seems like whatever they throw at him, um, he's able to handle and not just not just go out there and handle it, you know, uh, uh, kind of well. He's doing it really well and at a high level. So, um, you know, I'm excited. You know, it's 
it, it's kind of makes you regret the fact, you know, obviously we're all excited about Kyler Murray seeing what he can do with this offense, but I'm just curious to see what Joshua Dobbs can do with an extended period of starts because he just looks so good and is showing so much improvement from week to week. It's so interesting that Dak Prescott was on the other sideline in this game. Were they not the same pick in the draft one year after the next? Correct. And they have almost identical stats in their SEC careers, Tennessee and Mississippi State. And you just wonder, okay, Josh Dobbs gets drafted. He gets stuck behind Big Ben. Dak Prescott played almost immediately. Franchise quarterback. So what is under the hood? What exactly is the potential and upside left in a Josh Dobbs? He's still only 28, still has the athleticism. He's seen everything out there. Now he just has to assimilate. I'll give you a quick example. That week one game of Washington, the passing game obviously wasn't in rhythm, and they left a lot out on that field. And by Thursday, Friday of the next practice week, going into the Giants, I was talking to guys in the locker room. They're like, this passing game is so much better than it was last week because now he knows he got full speed reps, full contact football for four quarters. Now he knows exactly how fast a Marquise Hollywood Brown is. How fast they found out the hard way a Zach Ertz maybe isn't quite as fast as he used to be coming off the knee and he airmails them on. The, now he knows all these guys, where they're going to be, how quickly they're going to be there, when the ball has to come out. And so, boom, what's next? We're all curious. It is year seven for Dobbs, but he has not played a lot, at least on Sunday. So this past Sunday was his first win as a starting quarterback. Maybe a little bit of a surprise to everyone outside of this building, not to those guys in the locker room. Here's wide receiver Michael Wilson. He attacks every single opportunity to get better. Um, he's a great teammate, and I love playing for a quarterback that is accountable. You know, he's very emotionally mature where he can say, yeah, that's my bad, or I made a bad throw. And I think that's great to play for a leader of the team when they're able to be accountable and can not always point the finger at somebody else. And by the way, that big completion of Michael Wilson, Dobbs said that was his third read. That was his third option. So if you're telling me he has all the athleticism, he has the arm, he has the accuracy, and then we know he has the big brain, Mr. Aerospace Engineer. If he's back there and the O-line's giving him time to Kyle's point and he's able to read and react and diagnose and deliver against those coverages, look out because that's his third read. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that never get to their third read, especially dual threat guys. And how much more is that playbook opened to Dobbs with three games now under his belt going into a fourth game to where okay you can handle this part now let's add x y and z to it and I think you saw a little bit of that on Sunday with the amount of misdirection and motion in the backfield yeah uh, I, I mean they're only this offense is only going to build from here I mean I think we all kind of felt week one just because Josh Jobs just got here it was a pretty vanilla offense just keeping everything pretty basic close to the line of scrimmage and now they have the confidence going forward because of his comprehension, his ability to pick up an offense, his ability to uh, be accurate with the ball down the field. Now we're seeing them stretch the ball down the field more and, and take those shots and, and take those chances because they have that confidence in him and he has that confidence in himself. I mean, I love the fact that him – earning that game ball meant so much to him that he brought it to the post-game press conference because he has been through a lot. You know, he perhaps has been overlooked at times and he has earned this job the right way. I mean, he, he playing backup for so many years, getting, you know, a couple of opportunities to start. I'm sure there's times throughout, and, and he said this, that he has doubted himself. 
but his confidence in himself has to be sky high. And a lot of that is because of the way he is executing and the confidence that his teammates and coaches have in him. You look at the final stats from Sunday as far as the number of targets in the game because through the first two weeks it was mainly to Zach Ertz, Trey McBride, Jeff Swaim. It was a lot of the tight end throws. Tight end was not involved at all as far as receptions are concerned. Now, do they help block? Yes. But as far as Dobbs targeting Ertz and McBride, only three targets in those four quarters. So you know what that tells us as well? Cardinals offense is breaking its own tendencies. Something Kyle Shanahan is renowned for. You're going against the Niners team. Every single time you play them, it's different. They self-scout like no other offense. And that tells me the Cardinals are next level, have that football IQ to break their own tendencies from one week to the next. In other words, what do you expect out of this Cardinals offense this coming week? We know what to expect out of the defense. We'll touch on that as we continue here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. They're going to send Cooks out to the left and two receivers to the right. Shotgun formation for Dak Prescott. Pollard to his left. Prescott the pass. Straight drop. Fires middle of the end zone. Picked off. Kaiser White with the interception. And then might do in Dallas. Wow, Kaiser White in the middle of the end zone. I don't know that Prescott ever saw him. Shock the world, Kaiser. Shock the world. What a great job dropping off into coverage. Dak Prescott trying to hit Brandon Cooks over the middle of the field, and Kaiser White picked it. Quite the afternoon for Kaiser White. 14 tackles, one shy of tying his career high, one tackle for loss, the interception, pass defense. But really, we should have seen this coming, Paul. Was he not the special guest on the Big Red Rage on Thursday? So, in other words, you talk with Paul Calvisi and Ron Wolfley on Thursdays, good things are going to happen on Sundays. we got to spread that message in the locker room immediately. In fact, I might even create a banner. and I'll, <laughs> I'll put it in there and I'll send it to all their phones just like Kyle's not going to send the picture of me getting trucked on the sideline. Look, if there's one guy who is sort of emblematic of the entire Cardinals team, it's Kaiser White. And by that I mean he is so under the radar to the rest of the league. Just like the everyone's gotten it wrong nationally on the Cardinals – they're not tanking. No one gave him a chance to compete against most of the opponents to start the season, just like they're not giving him a chance against the 49ers this week. Everyone's been dead wrong. Every game's been competitive, and they just beat Dallas, and literally no one picked the Cardinals. Kaiser White to come in, have that kind of production. He only had one year at Mike Linebacker. That was with the Chargers. He told the media upon meeting us all in the offseason, he viewed that as his best year in the league. He's lived up to that. There's no question. And it's what he's done for the defense. I mean, Kyle, you tell me, when the rest of the guys rave about him, about how he gets the calls in, he gets all the checks made, everyone's in position, everyone's lined up, no one's scrambling right before the snap to you know, try and find their guy. It just It's such a buttoned-up defense than what we've seen in the past. And most of the guys in there will tell you, that's kudos to Kaiser White because he has the green dot. Uh, exactly right. You know, you know, most uh, you hear conversations a lot about starting quarterbacks. Do they need to be a leader or not? Your team is far better if your starting quarterback is a leader. Your defense will be far better if your Mike linebacker is the dude. He's the guy with the voice. He's the one that sets the tone. 
Um, and and that's what we're seeing. I mean, he has control of the entire defense. He knows the checks to make, but he plays with the effort and attitude that everybody else around him should play with. I mean, we, you know, we were lamenting and, and rightfully so. Like the Buda Baker is still the same Buda Baker. He will always be the same Buda Baker. He will always approach the game the same way, play the game the same way. But as we've seen in the past, without Buda Baker on the field, the defense seems flat. It seems like they have no energy. They have no juice. And when you are hanging all of your hopes for um, playing with enthusiasm on one player, you've got problems. Now it's Buda Baker, Kaiser White, and several other players that are playing at a much higher level of intensity on this defense this year. And to have him in the middle, to have him be the voice in the huddle, to have him be the voice right before the ball is snapped, it serves this defense so well. And the fact that he was the guy that stepped up and made the play that sealed the game coming from the leader of the defense, it only adds to his credibility going forward because your playmakers need to step up and make plays when the game is on the line, and he did it this week. That was White's 81st snap played on defense, the interception. He was one of several guys who played every single snap on defense in that 28-16 win and a red zone stop. Cardinals defense held the Cowboys to just one of five inside the red zone, something Jonathan Gannon too pointed to point post game. That was huge. I mean, even, you know, the, the obviously the red zone, I thought just to be able to withstand when they came out and scored in the second half and then to kind of, you know, bow up there in the red zone, keep points off the board, that was probably the difference in the game on that side. Four trips inside the 20-yard line in the second half. No touchdowns, just two field goals, the turnover on downs, and the Kaiser White interception. But, Paul, it was four trips, not inside the 20. It was four trips inside the Cardinals' 10, and the defense did not allow a touchdown. You know, Kaiser White had the advantage of playing those teams, those quarterbacks, twice last year, played the Giants three times. So it's sort of like his NFC East reunion tour. I'm curious to see how he fares against the 49ers. Of course, he went against the Niners in the playoffs last year as well. But what's interesting is when – You read some of the quotes from the opponents, from the Giants after seeing the Cardinals on film against Washington Week 1, from the Cowboys after seeing them the first two games. They've all used one word, the opponents, fast. It's a fast Cardinals defense. And there's two aspects of being fast. There's just your flat-out speed, and Kaiser White is a sideline-to-sideline guy. But then there's just thinking, playing, reacting fast, knowing your calls well enough. And what does Nick Rowles and Jonathan Gannon, what have they done, what did they talk about in the offseason – what do the players say? We're playing more free than we ever have. And I've asked both Gannon and Rollis to define that. You know, there isn't an infinite number of checks or things to think about based on a single motion by the opponent. There's just some fundamentals, some basics. Guys are able to react quickly. It's, they don't overcomplicate it. They don't give you unnecessary layers of defense to think about and I think you're seeing the results on the field and in the red zone they can react quickly yeah it's more reaction as opposed to thinking and if you can react then you can play fast and what we're also seeing from this defense it's not just Kaiser White it's all 11 guys on the football field it's even the guys who aren't starters that are coming in and playing significant snaps on that side of the ball here is the aforementioned Kaiser White on his defense like I say, man, hungry dogs always run faster, and we all hungry over here, man. A lot of people don't know the names on this defense, offense, whatever the case may be. Still got to strap the cleats up, strap the helmet, and play football, man. We don't care about all the hype, and we don't care about all that. Let's just play football. And what we're seeing, Kyle, is you do not need a bunch of all pros on your team. 
Individually, yeah, you want the best, but collectively, how do you work together as a unit? And that is what we're seeing not only defensively, but even on the Cardinals' offensive line and the offense in general. You're putting pieces together to form a pretty nice puzzle so far. Yeah, it's like Bill Belichick would say, everybody is doing their job. Do your job. And that's what they're doing. And it's plays, big plays are coming from everywhere on that football field. And they're taking turns. I mean, you know, Cam Thomas makes a couple of big tackles late in the game. Um, You know, I talked earlier about the sequencing of plays with the offense and how it confused the defense and and some of the routes, uh, route combinations. I mean, you don't, look, you don't see players that wide open ever in the NFL. You don't see gash runs with, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten yards down the field before you get touched by a defender ever in the NFL. And they did it over and over throughout the course of this game. And, um, you know, just just a little uh, example of, of the, the creativity of Nick Rollis. So the first third down, they have four outside linebackers on the field. They have Cam Thomas, Dennis Gardeck, Zayvon Collins, and B.J. Orgelari all lined up. They're, they We send pressure an extra linebacker. They jump off sides. So – we line up again. They're all in a different spot this time. They call a timeout. So they come out of the timeout because they're thinking they're going to see blitz again. We have the same personnel, similar alignment on the field. They run a screen. We knew exactly what it was going to be. They tackle the screen for no gain, and they punt. I mean, it's it's these different looks every week. But to do that, again, you've got to have players invested throughout the week. Practice has to be important. Film study has to be important because you can't – just draw something up on the on the whiteboard and say, here's what we're going to do this week. You have to rep it, you have to execute it, and you have to go out there and show it on Sundays. And and that, you know, we're, we're talking about a performance on the field on Sunday, but 99% of the work was done, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and players are invested, players are buying in, they know the playbook, and they're able to go out there and execute these schemes that these coaches are giving them. i give you a quick snapshot moment from the sideline, and Kyle mentioned Cam Thomas. Realized it was first and goal at the five. Cam Thomas, tackle for loss, negative two. Next play, tackle, one-yard gain. Kaiser White, next play, interception, game over. Everyone's all around Kaiser White. Dennis Gardick made a beeline for 97 Cam Thomas and gave him props, said, dude, you were the key a big key to that drive, that stop, and this win. That second tackle, he just got enough of the ball carrier to bring him down for a gain of one. But you're right, it takes all 11 on the football field for the Cardinals to get the job done, and they did against the Cowboys. Now, the next step, can you make it back-to-back wins? The 49ers are next on the road. We'll touch on that as we continue. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Dobbs under center, inside 40 seconds. Takes the snap, takes a knee. The ball game is over. Affirmation for what Monty Ossenfort and Jonathan Gannon are building in Arizona. The Cardinal players mob their head coach. They soak him in Gatorade as they celebrate a 28-16 win over the Dallas Cowboys. Win number one, perhaps many more to come in 2023. Dave Dave Pash, excuse me, with the final call of Sunday's 28-16 win over the Dallas Cowboys. And it was not Gatorade. It was in a Gatorade bucket, but it was water. So that is good. But the look on Gannon's face, Paul, to how we began today's show here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, 
did not look too pleased that Kaiser White took it upon himself to douse his head coach. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. I, is that just the public persona he wanted to give? Uh, was there a lot more euphoria and elation inside that he's not showing us? Was that his poker face? Or, look, you're talking about a guy who made a run all the way to the Super Bowl last year with the Philadelphia Eagles. So, okay, I mean, he has been there and done that. Obviously, it's in a different capacity. He has a different job description. He has a head coach title. But he's been around the NFL for 15 years, and he's well aware that there's much more work ahead. And, and, and I'll just give you a quick snapshot. So the Monday team meeting, do you know how we started that team meeting? After the first win, big win against arguably the best team in the NFL based on all the power polls, et cetera, he started by citing his own mistake. He showed a play in the team meeting that, in his opinion, he messed up. And then he showed a play from the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator where they made a mistake. So that accountability that he has preached from day one, he is still adhering to in these team meetings week to week, day to day. And so that's the sort of vibe that is going through that locker room that if the coaches are willing to hold themselves accountable and do it in front of everyone, then I have no excuse as a player. All right. As a player, Kyle, you're sitting there watching this after the first win, after a big win over the Dallas Cowboys, and the first words or part of that first message from the head coach is not congratulations, it's this is how we, meaning I and the coaches, can get better moving forward. I think it's huge. And look, I, I was fortunate to be a part of a turnaround in Tennessee. I was fortunate to be a part of a turnaround in Detroit. And I remember specifically, we, you know, my first game with Jim Swartz, we won, and he had the same approach. He's like, I don't want us to feel surprised by wins. I don't want us – this needs to be expected. This is – not the only one that's coming. Enjoy it. You guys deserve the win. But we're moving forward. Look, this is a long season, and that's exactly what he said. That's exactly what several players said. It's like, yes, it feels good. You know, we're happy we got the win. We're happy we're able to finish one off, but we're moving on to the next. And that's the way this league is. And, and you know, it's just – to me, it's refreshing. It's not walking around, patting himself on the back, patting the other coaches or even the players on the back. It's, you guys did your job. Thank you. I'm proud of you. But – this is one of many. We've got many more to come. You know, this is not a one-off. This is not, you know, we got lucky or we just came up with the perfect game plan against a really good team. This is to be expected, and this is how we're going to move forward. Let's go back to Monday's meeting with the media. Jonathan Gannon asked specifically what impressed him after looking at the film, and he did not mention anything that was on the field. No stat, no X's and O. This is how Gannon responded. Going into half – you know, being up where we've been up twice now, um, I thought that the attitude was a slight different tone in the locker room. I made sure that they knew about it. And then, you know, what did we need to do to win the game in the second half from all three phases, each individually? And then, you know, as we took some shots there in the in the second half, they they got kind of got back into the game. And, you know, then we go three and out or however that came. I felt I thought that we were a resilient group yesterday. Up 11 at halftime, you win by 12, 28 to 16. Post game, Paul Calvisi chatting with wide receiver Michael Wilson, asking him about what stood out, what the difference was. And again, a rookie did not bring anything up that happened on the field. I think our team culture is amazing. I think from top down, we're unified as one. Um, the message from, from Monty, the message from JG, the message from all the coaching staff is just team first. 
you second. Um, I think we completely embody that on the field with guys playing selflessly, guys just playing hard, laying out for their teammates. Um, and everyone knows it's not about you, it's about the team and it's about winning. But if you keep playing like that and you keep playing hard, good things happen and the game rewards you if you keep doing the right things. And Gannon mentioned also, Paul, that there was a good week of practice. And he firmly believes how you practice is how you play. How you prepare is how you successfully play on Sunday. And it was successful against the Cowboys. And it's how you get better. This team is improving week to week, and a lot of it has to do with practice. It's not just game reps. It's competing in practice. It's ones against ones. It's being demanding in practice versus viewing an NFL practice week as akin to the NBA, and we'll just load manage and make sure everybody's healthy on Sunday. No, that's not the approach with this coaching staff, and you're seeing the results. So, okay, you got the culture, all these other things. Sounds great. I know fans are saying right now, well, is it going to help you tackle the 49ers on Sunday? Because 70% of Brock Purdy's passing yards against the Giants were after the catch, right? I mean, this team breaks tackles. And if there was one thing about the game that was messy for the Cardinals, it was the defense and it was the poor tackling. So we'll see what they look like on Sunday, but you can bet they're working on that this week in practice. You look at the 49ers, Kyle, real quick, 3-0, and arguably now the best team in the league. A week ago we were talking about the Cowboys being the best team in the league, but what do you point to for the Cardinals to maybe – even that record at 2-2. Two and two. It, it, It's always the same. Let's get the run game started, set up the play-action pass on offense. Um, defense, just keep flying around. I mean, it, it's it, you still got a young, fairly inexperienced quarterback, so the more you can confuse him, change up your looks, the better a chance you have at getting some big stops and making some big plays on defense. First matchup against a division opponent, Cardinals at the 49ers, 125 on Sunday. We'll talk about it in one week's time here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.